The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your belongings and give alms. Provide money bags for yourselves that do not wear out, an inexhaustible treasure in heaven that no thief can reach nor moth destroy. For where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. Gird your loins and light your lamps, and be like servants who await their master's return from a wedding, ready to open immediately when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds vigilant on his arrival. Amen, I say to you, he will gird himself, have them recline at table and proceed to wait on them. And should he come in the second or third watch and find them prepared in this way, Blessed are those servants. Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect the Son of Man will come. Then Peter said, Lord, is this parable meant for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, Who then is the faithful and prudent steward whom the master will put in charge of his servants to distribute the food allowance at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master on arrival finds doing so. Truly I say to you, the master will put the servant in charge of all his property. But if that servant says to himself, My master is delayed in coming, and begins to beat the men servants and the maid servants to eat and drink and get drunk, then that servant's master will come on an unexpected day and at an unknown hour, will punish the servant severely and assign him a place with the unfaithful. That servant who knew his master's will but did not make preparations nor act in accord with his will shall be beaten severely. And the servant who was ignorant of his master's will but acted in a way deserving of a severe beating shall be beaten only lightly. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much, and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. The Gospel of the Lord. Uh, summer draws to a close. Uh, reading this Gospel, I couldn't help but think of the way things used to be uh, back in the time when I was a kid. Right? Ready, be like servants, ready to await the master's return. Now, for me, uh, when I was about four or five years old, and for the next decade plus, uh, my mom would leave my oldest brother, who was 10 at the time, in charge of, of my other brother and I. And so uh, when the master would go away, when my, my mom would go off to work, both my parents worked, uh, there was a little bit of a routine that would happen. And the daily routine during the summers went a little something like this. Uh, it would be about 10 a.m., and we'd roll out of bed just in time to watch Prices Right, uh, or, and, and find a list on the countertop. Uh, or worse, we'd receive a phone call that would wake us up, and it was Mom making sure we understood every single chore on the list. To which we'd respond, yeah, 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 we got it, we got it, don't worry, we got it taken care of, you have nothing to worry about. And you know that that's too good to be true. Because what would happen is we would wake up then, we would uh, maybe go back to sleep after she called, uh, we'd make a late lunch. If we were lucky, we'd do one or two things on the list. 
But then, uh, boy, oh boy, were we vigilant uh, at the end of the day. Because we became kind of like the, the drunkards uh, in the second part of the gospel today, right? As kids, we would just kind of fritter away our time and do what we wanted to do, taking full advantage that we knew mom wouldn't get back till about five o'clock. And so what would happen is we'd leave the blinds propped just a little bit so that when we saw the car on the road, we'd plug in the vacuum to make it look like we'd been hard at work all day. Point is, we really didn't care about doing the chores, and they definitely were not our priority. We were definitely not ready when the master returned. The fact that we were plugging in the vacuum there and, and making it look busy when she came in the door probably made her wonder, what did they do the entire rest of the day? But for us as Christians, are we really any different? Or are we just like those kids? Right? I think as the summer draws to a close, if we read between the lines of our scriptures today, the question that remains is, what are you doing when no one's watching? What are you doing in secret? Now, if, if you're like me, when I was out in the pews, when I heard the priest say, what are you doing in secret? I'd be like, all oh, right, here we go again. It's another one about sin. He's going to tell me how big of a sinner I am. And while it's true, while it's true, we have to worry about sin, even if, if it doesn't directly affect someone, right, it's still important to acknowledge sin. I think the scriptures are challenging us to something a little bit deeper, actually. Right? Jesus says, where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. And so when I talk about the secret, the secret place, what we do in secret, I'm actually talking about what is the disposition of our heart. Because if the disposition of our heart and, and, the, and our faith is as big of a priority as those chores were for me as a kid, we're probably going to wait until the end. And at that point, as St. Augustine would, is most notable for saying, our hearts will be restless. And to respond to our relationship with Christ will seem like a punishment. It will seem as though the Lord has just put a bunch of chores on top of us. And so I think for us today, what, what sits at the top then of this secret life? What sits as the, as the priority of our interior life? I think we look back to the first reading that we just heard proclaimed. These people who are on exile said this, In secret, the holy children of the good were offering sacrifice and putting into effect with one accord the divine institution. Our primary task, our primary chore, so to speak, is to offer sacrifice. Jesus says in the gospel tonight, he says, this is how we will build up a treasure in heaven that no thief or moth can destroy. But how unpopular that is. As Catholic Christians, this is exactly why we're gathered here tonight. Right? The reason that we put so much emphasis on coming to Mass is because it is the primary place of offering sacrifice. The point of coming to Mass isn't to hear a good homily. If that were the case, thousands of churches would be closed across the nation. We don't even come to get something out of it, as crazy as that sounds to our culture today. Right? Even the primary gift that Christ gives us of, his, of the Eucharist is not just a, a gift that, that's just given to us to no regard of our heart. Actually, if we think about it, in the nuptial, the marital meaning of the Eucharist, when we come up to receive communion at this rail, it's a mutual self-giving. 
We offer ourselves completely to the Lord, who in return has given to us our very salvation. And so while it's true, we come primarily for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, of his body, blood, soul, and divinity, the the finishing touch of the Last Supper. While it's true that we come for that, there's something in it for us. We have some skin in the game. And Jesus entrusts us with this great gift, and he calls us to respond. He says at the end of the gospel when Peter says, well, Lord, does this really apply to everyone or, or just to us? The answer is everyone, because to him who much has been given, much will be expected. And so we've then been entrusted with this chore, this task, rather, of offering sacrifice, to put into effect with one accord the divine institution of love. And so, yes, while the rest of the list does contain those things like avoiding sin, putting our life in order, developing a life of prayer, a relationship with God, I want to call our attention to the priority, which is the holy sacrifice of the Mass, the place where John Paul II said we receive the greatest wealth. The entire spiritual wealth is contained in the Mass because it's where we receive Christ himself. And so while we may be used to this routine of the Mass, as I was, that routine of, of summer days, I want to end here tonight with just a few practical tips on how to enter into this very sacrifice. How do we approach the Mass in secret? Because while all of us are doing the same exact thing, the disposition of our heart may be different. So number one, preparation. It begins on our way here. Do we prepare for Mass as the car ride or even the walk across campus or the walk from our house? Is it the same as our walk to class? Is it the same as our trip to the store? Are we blaring loud music or are we actually contemplating the walk up to Calvary, the walk to the Last Supper with Christ, to prepare. Number two, what is our intention? As our parents are notorious for saying, maybe your grandparents offer it up, right? Maybe you don't want to come, but you're here. Offer it up as part of your sacrifice. But who are you offering it for? If you're anything like me and you've got a little ADD, maybe not diagnosed, but you've got a little ADD, you get distracted during Mass. So if you have an intention, a person, maybe it's an intention of your own, maybe there's something on your heart that's really bothering you. If you offer it for that intention, when you get distracted, there's something to pull you back in, to bring you back in. That is your sacrifice. Number three, be vigilant. To be vigilant is to recognize the interior disposition. If you're doubting the Lord, admit it to him. To be vigilant means that you are ready for the master when he comes to surprise you. Yeah, we do the same thing every Sunday. But I beg you, listen to the words proclaimed. Tonight, I'm going to use Eucharistic Prayer 4. For some of you in this room, you've probably never heard Eucharistic Prayer 4. It's legit, just so you know. I'm not just going rogue, all right? But it recounts all the times when God went back throughout salvation history to reclaim a people that had turned away from him. He loved us until the end. Listen attentively. And so, my brothers and sisters, what we do in secret matters. The disposition of the heart, the way we enter into Mass, does in fact matter. And so if our priority is to open ourselves up to the Lord, to to encounter the Master when he comes, to be ready when he comes, we'll find that then the rest of our day, the rest of our week, the rest of our lives will be like, will offer a greater freedom. 
Much like the kid who does his tasks in the morning and finds freedom for adventure in the evening, so too when we prioritize the Mass and offer ourselves to the Lord, we'll see a lot of things that we've never seen before. And so may He find us then, through this treasury of sacrificial love, of offering ourselves at the Mass, ready, prepared, and eager on His return to us in this Mass, at every Mass, and in the second or third watch of our night, the second or third watch of our life, when the Lord comes to call us home to the wedding feast of the Lamb, the eternal Mass, the banquet of heaven.